Hello, welcome to the first episode of my new Musical Memoirs podcast. The original idea was to do a music podcast, a bit like the internet radio shows I used to do, and then have some interviews with some cool, interesting and inspiring people that I've been lucky enough to meet over the years. But after doing the first interview, I realised that actually they probably deserve a platform of their own. So I've decided to split the podcast idea into two. This Musical Memoirs podcast will be the interviews with various friends who, as I've said, have cool, interesting and inspiring stories to tell. Each person I've also asked to pick five tracks that mean something to them and we'll talk about them between their stories. Then the plan is to start a second podcast, the Spaghetti Legs podcast, where I'll be playing music like a regular radio show. Each will have their own podcast feed, but both will also be available on my Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com forward slash Jamie Gittins. I've started this musical memoirs podcast with an interview with one of my best friends, Sean Hughes. I met Sean in Ibiza nearly 20 years ago when he entered and won a DJ competition that I was helping to judge. He's one of the nicest guys you could hope to meet, one of the best DJs I've ever heard, and as you'll be able to hear, is great at telling a story. Back in 2013, he decided to cycle from England to Ibiza to raise money for the hospice who had cared for his mum. He's also taken part in various other endurance events, so I thought he was a great person to kick off this podcast series. Unfortunately, the sound quality isn't as good as I would have hoped in this interview due to some technical issues that we had in the studio while we were recording it. I just want to say a massive thank you to Bruno Lawton, who worked on the audio to get it as good as it is that you hear. I'm aiming to try and keep the interviews to under an hour long, but Sean's stories were that good that I couldn't edit much out without losing the flow. So this one is a little longer than an hour. I hope you enjoy. Let's let's start with the big one. You yeah. you uh you cycled to Ibiza. Cycle to Ibiza, yeah. How, how how did that come about? Like what was behind that? So how did it come about? Um I can't quite remember how it came about, to be honest. Uh I remember wanting a bit of an adventure. And I can remember um I'd watched these videos of this chap that had bought he flew to Bangkok, I think, and bought this old bike and he cycled all the way home from there as, as like a little challenge to himself to raise some money. And uh, I was just absolutely, I was like, oh God, he's having such a good time. It looked brilliant. As well as being horrible, it looked brilliant. And I thought, God, I'd love to do something like that. And um, I think I was booked for the opening party of Cream. And I just thought, do you know what? I could do it in 15 days. I'll just do it. I'll just do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And so, um, I think that's about it. That's about. There's no deep, meaningful like I'm going to go on this journey. It was just like I'll just do that. I'll be good. <laughs> just to test myself and uh, raise a bit of money for Clatterbridge for for what who treated me mum when she was ill. Because I've always wanted to do something that would earn quite a good bit of money. And I thought, well, this will look. It'll look good. It'll be good for me. So yeah, sweet. Just all fell into place. Really. And um, like. I've known you a long time now, and yeah. I know what your preparation's like. Oh, yeah. So, um, was there any? Well, for people that don't know me, if you've got, you've, everyone's got that mate that's like, they've never got any charge on the phone, they're always lost, or they've got no money, or they, they, they trip up as they're going down the stairs, and you, you just look at them shaking their head. 
that's me. That that's like I'm terrible at organizing things. So uh, yeah, I also wanted to prove that you can do something like this, even though I didn't know if you could, but with with like not a lot of organizing. Because <laughs> my my my, <laughs> my kind of my thought process on it was was like all I've got to do is get up and cycle. That's all I've got to do that day. Get up and cycle. I've got nothing else to do, so it should be, should be pretty simple, really. Yeah. So, and uh, you had a bike, though. I had a bike, just, which is a start. It was a start, yeah, because you needed one of them. But yeah, uh, simple as that, really. And what did you plan for? Like where you were going to sleep and where you were going to eat and like what? No, none. No plans, <laughs> no plans at all. Just going to put a tent on the back, and when it got dark, I was going to put a tent up, and that was it. The only plan was to do at least 70 miles a day, and that was it. Yeah. So, yeah, and plan the next day's route. So there was no route planned. So, now, <laughs> we were discussing beforehand, you were saying that you didn't actually have a map, and you bought one on the ferry? On the ferry, yeah, on the ferry on the way to France, yeah. And it wasn't a road It wasn't road particularly map. good, yeah. It wasn't a particularly good map. And I also challenged myself to not use the internet while, while I was doing this because I just felt so reliant on using my phone to get through problems or... Oh, no way. And I think that everyone thinks that as well. Yeah, yeah. You just get your phone out as soon as there's a problem. And I just thought, if, if I'm doing an adventure, I've got to do it properly. Like, don't, no phone. So I, I turned my phone on in the evening when I'd finished the ride to do a little blog to let people know where I was yeah and then turn it off again so there was no internet thank you now yeah yeah well fair play yeah. fair play man because these people have you know hundreds of years ago they, they were in boats trying to get to the North Pole and stuff it's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just riding my bike through France like it's no biggie just do it and um, yeah so I wanted to do it with the least amount of organising just to prove that you don't really need it like you can just you can just get up and point your bike in that direction and as long as you've done the 70 mile, I'm going to get there on time. And how did it go? Like, did you have punctures? Did you did you get anything stolen? Did you have any crashes or...? Uh, no. But it, the, an interesting thing happened about my thing about organising. When I got on the ferry um, in Portsmouth, there was about 10 other cyclists and we all kind of put our bikes on together and you lock your bikes up on the ferry because, uh, you know, they all had, like, the panniers on the bikes and they were obviously doing something. And I thought, oh. They looked a bit more organised than you, like? Yeah, they were, they, they were a bit older than me, like, in, the, in their 50s, maybe retired and or whatnot. So in the morning, we were, as we were waiting to, to dock, we are all untying our bikes and people started chatting, like, oh, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? What, what's that? So these were all having these nice little biking holidays in the north of France. They were going to cycle around to different campsites or whatnot. And uh, there was one uh, couple that were doing, they were doing about 200 mile and they, they were older and they, they, were, they were great. And they, were, they asked, oh, wait, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Ibiza. <laughs> and they were like, what? Why? And how? And this chap was like, you must have been organising this for, for, <laughs> for months. He'd not met you before, had he? Yeah, I said, eh, not really. I just bought a map on, on the ferry there. And he was like, what? What? I have spent months planning that my trip. Months. And he had this book. And uh, he, he said, you are destined for failure. You are destined for failure. If you no not organise this, you're crazy. You're not going to succeed. 
you know, we'll be hearing about you on the news next week. And I was like, okay, fair enough. He actually got a little bit funny with me. He was oh, obviously right. the complete opposite to me. And he yeah, had yeah. this notepad and his, his missus was like, she tapped me and goes, oh, well, ignore him, don't worry. He's just, he, oh, that's right. he's an ex-policeman and he likes things done properly. And I was like, all right, no worries, no worries. But when we got into France and got off the ferry, we were all actually going the same way. Uh, so the first 20 mile, we kind of looked and we were all going to go joint, joint, jump on a cycle path. It's supposed to be a real nice route. So we all decided that we'll, we'll ride together and, and chat. And so we, we were going along this cycle path and uh, they were a lovely bunch of people, really, real nice. We stopped and had a coffee and it was a little bit slow. The pace was a bit slow for me. I was like, oh, I need to not going to get me 70 like, days, yeah. 70 miles. Yeah, but uh, about 12 mile down this cycle path, it was suddenly just fenced off and closed. Uh, and it said no, no, no entry in, in obviously in French, like yeah. no, no entry. Uh, and uh, this chap that done all this organising, you know, his missus looks at him and was like, "What's next then?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was he was absolutely in a panic. Like he had his, his notebook out and he's like, oh, I, 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 "I didn't look into this. I, I don't know." Oh, oh, no. <laughs> you can see the sweat coming off him. And I got my stupid map out and just had a look and I was like, "Well, I can jump on that road there. Yeah, swear that." And uh, you know, I'm done. Brilliant. Put me, me mat back in me thing, and I went, I'll see you later then. <laughs> Just got off. And uh, then it was kind of, you know, two fingers up to him, like you're destined for failure. It's like you've got twelve mile down the road, and because you've organized this particular journey and now you've had an upset, it's yeah. you're the ones destined for failure because you Because you, you you haven't planned for any Yeah, like, well, if there anything is no, goes wrong. If there is no plan, there is no failure. <laughs> yeah. It's my kind of attitude. Brilliant. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. Oh, no way. Yeah, funny. Um, um, where, so where did you sleep? Uh, that night, I, I I cycled into this village. I'd done my 70 mile. I had a little lap counter on the front, and I'd done my 70 mile, and I'd never cycled that far in my life before. So I was on an extreme <laughs> high. You know, I was, I was absolutely buzzing and found this beautiful little village that was up high, and I'd been going uphill for ages and I thought like oh this is good found this beautiful little field with an oak tree and there was no one around so uh, no way pitched the tent I got in feeling like yeah this is this is going to be good this this is going to be great and uh yeah I left the bike outside and chained it to the tree but the first night I was a bit a bit kind of like worried all night I don't think I slept that well because I was worried if the bike was right, yeah, yeah. stolen so the next day I found a way to bring the bike into the tent. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, kind of slept under the bike with a prop book bags <laughs> oh, and stuff. But yeah, it was great. Because your French is obviously really good, so oh, if you had any I'm problems, really, you'd have yeah, been all right, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Ah, we oui, 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 oui. <laughs> <laughs> And how did it go after that? Because I, re I remember at the time, or speaking to you just afterwards, you said that like the first few days was super hard. Your legs yeah. were really giving you some. Well, yeah, I... I I woke up the next day and got on the bike, uh, packed the tent up, packed the bags on, and I had a rucksack on as well, and um, off I went, and within two miles I was like, uh-oh, my knees were, like, oh, they felt swollen, I was in serious pain. I was still kind of like on a bit of a high and loving the foreignness of it all and yeah, yeah. being out of my comfort zone. So I did crack on, but 30 miles in, I was like, oh, I think I might have made a mistake here. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. Bits, yeah, in bits. But uh, I just got some strong painkillers and um, 
they seem to work. They seem to work, yeah. There's a lot of rests on day two. Yeah. And day three, legs were bad, but not as bad. And I quickly had a look at all my, uh, all the stuff I had with me and thought, right, I need to lose a bit of weight here. So the rucksack went, so that went in a bin. Uh, uh, really? Yeah. And what, so, like, what had been, I mean, like a rucksack you can get rid of, but obviously yeah. I had stuff in it. I think I just had, like, uh, towels and, and underwear and stuff like that, but I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to be dirty for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Limited everything, threw it away, and it made a big difference because yeah. it was very heavy. Yeah, I hadn't kind of judged that. Whoops. <laughs> and how far is it? Uh, I think it was a thousand miles. I think I can't quite remember. I've got it all written down somewhere, but I think it was a thousand miles. A thousand miles. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was good. And and any other things that came along? Like, did you speak to anybody in the whole time, or like, what did you do for food and drink? Because just stopping at cafes. I was very lucky. Very lucky that the 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 be. You kind of like my brother had told me this that like there's always a village like. 12 miles down the road because that's how far people could walk in the olden days and they'd right. set the next camp and that's how villages come about so if you went through a village and there wasn't one I'd just be like well 12 miles down the road there's going to be another village and there should be a shop open and it, right, yeah. it always seemed to work roughly there or thereabouts which was quite cool and I kind of relied on that there was one day though where everywhere was closed everywhere was closed and I really struggled <laughs> oh, man. I really struggled yeah uh, I think that was like day six, and I've been going uphill and uphill and uphill. Because the thing about going uphill on a bike is going up the hill takes forever, and obviously you do come down again. But going down takes minutes. Yeah. So if it's a hilly, if it's a hilly route, and on day five or day six it was extremely hilly, I was uh, struggling, and you just felt like you're going uphill all day because the downhill's over like that. Ah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. It's so even the, the like the the distance was the yeah, same. The distance the same. But obviously, it just takes you longer to yeah, do. Ah, oh, no, it's gone. So yeah, I think like when you're going up the tenth hill of the day and you're looking at it, and it's a mile up. You just uh, <sighs> you're done. And with all that, it, it, it turned out it was some kind of national holiday, and that's why all the shops were shut, which I didn't know about. Right. So yeah, I think I was about four hours in with no breakfast and it was a baking hot day and just absolutely struggling and, and like the third village along there was still no shops open and I thought I'm, I'm um, actually in a bit of trouble here yeah <laughs> I'd run out of water and there was nowhere to stop and get water so yeah I was struggling really struggling and what happened? Um, a tractor went by I hadn't seen a car for about two hours could think because everyone's off off work so they must have just been with their families or whatnot. And a tractor went by and I kind of flagged him and just pointed at my mouth. <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> he, he looked at me and just kind of pointed up the hill. And I was like, oh, great, another hill. But yes, yeah, cycled to the top of this hill, absolutely exhausted, thinking if there's nothing up here, I'm in trouble. Because there was no shade or anything. There was no trees. It was just open, desolate farmland. And yeah, I was baking and starving. And I could see this trucker's cafe just as I got to the top of the hill that was open. No way. And he was like, it was like, you know, when they see a mirage in the film, <laughs> they're like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and I got there, I got to the top of the hill, 
And I was so ecstatically happy that I kind of just stood at the doorway just looking in and I could smell the food and I was just looking oh, in. Man. And I must have loved the kip because six days in, just covered in filth and stinking. <laughs> and, uh, the chap came out and was like, uh, he, he was a really nice, friendly chap. He, he couldn't speak English, I couldn't speak French. And uh, he could just see he was in a bit of bother. And he sat me down and he do like these day menus, I think it was seven euros for a meal and a drink or something. And he brought me a huge jug of water and a bowl of bread. And I sat there and he disappeared to go and get me the menu. I sat there <laughs> and uh, I think they had Tom Jones on, the green, green grass at home. No! To touch the green, green grass of home. And by the time he came back to get the menu, all the water and all the bread was gone and he went, oh! Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> and he went, he refilled it and brought back the bread. And um, yeah, he, he gave me all this food, and you could tell that he piled it up for me. And he was amazing. I was absolutely buzzing. And uh, yeah, the best of Tom Jones was on. Just sat there, and I was, I was just extraordinarily happy. It was, it was bizarre. That's pretty special. And isn't it, it? The only thing is, I've got no idea where this, where this place was. But I'd love to go back there and just sit and have a meal there again and yeah. kind of learn a bit of French and say thanks to the guy because yeah, yeah, it was great. It was a very special moment. I'll I'll, I'll always remember. Yeah. Ah, oh, mate, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's just funny that Tom Jones was on and yeah, like, never listen to Tom Jones. He's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> amazing. Mm. And did it get easier or did it get harder? It got easier. It got easier. I've, I've, I've read about people that have done these kind of things and they say that you cycle yourself fit. Right, yeah. And by the time I got to Spain, I, I was I was flying. I think I'd lost a load of weight and my legs were strong and also confidence, you know, what you can achieve in a day. Yeah. And um, and I guess you're getting closer as well. You're getting yeah. closer and you're getting excited. You're like, wow, I'm doing this. This is... And it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. Wicked. Yeah. And um, I got to the Canal de Midi that my brother had told me, my brother was living in Toulouse at the time. He was working out there. So he kind of said like, oh, you can you can cycle down this side of France and you'll get to the canal, the Midi, and it's like 100 miles long and it's flat because you're on a canal. Oh, right. And it's really direct. And I thought, that sounds brilliant. So the day I got there, where all the hills were over and got on the canal and I was fit, I was, like, it was just absolute joy because it's a beautiful place as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great. But I can remember um, having a bit of a moment along there as well and seeing, um, I thought, what a stunning place this is and seeing these these boats and these families on these boats just having this lovely time on these little power boats drumming up and down the river. I thought, do you know what, I'm going to come back here and do this, have a little holiday on here. No way. And me and Lisa did it like a couple of years after. We went oh, and got wicked. the boat and went up and down there. It was brilliant. One of the best holidays we've ever had. No way. Yeah, it's good. I bet there was a, like, the scenery must change so much. Yeah. It was stunning, and I think um, the trees are all spaced the whole way along. These stunning trees, they're all spaced, like, uh, I think it's 10 metres apart. Right. The whole way along it, and it's absolutely stunning. They're For just, 100 miles? Yeah, they're just perfect. But I think oh, the trees, right. they were going through a bit of a bad time. There was a disease that was spreading, like, down the far end. So as it was getting... And you could see that they were out chopping all these trees down oh, that had no. been growing for hundreds of years. Yeah, it was quite like, oh, it's gutting to see, but... Yeah. Yeah, but it was good. But yeah, met my brother in Toulouse, and he took me out for a Guinness, 
and a meal and I slept in a bed that night, which was also... Ah, I bet that felt amazing. Yeah, then I got a shower and everything. It was like the best shower I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. And did you get any punctures or any issues? Or no what? punctures, no mechanical problems whatsoever. That's yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, one thing I did have was a bunch of repair kits. <laughs> and a spare, I'm impressed. And a couple of spare inner tubes, but yeah. Yeah, didn't need them once. Didn't need them. That's amazing. I think my brother Simon, he gave me bike a little service when right. I like, redid the chain and yeah. a bit of oil on it because you, you are doing a lot of riding. I didn't have any oil on me. And that felt good as well. Like, when the bike, you don't realise how dry the chain's got and it's squeaking away. <laughs> Ooh, I and, bet the bike was super happy. <laughs> yeah, it felt dead smooth getting on it the next day. But, uh, yeah, after that, um, I had the, the Pyrenees to get up and over, which I'd been worried about for ages because they're, they're, they're obviously the mountains that border France and Spain and I yeah. had to, there was no avoiding them, I had to go up and over. So, yeah, I'm glad I was fit because that was an experience as well, going up and over them, but it was great. Yeah. You go up and over uh, and then you, you, you're on, like, you're on the route to the Spanish border then, so I was buzzing. Wicked. Absolutely buzzing, yeah. Uh, and did you have good weather for the whole time? Or? It was really good weather. There was one day where um, there was, it was almost like a tropical storm, just absolutely chucking it down, a huge thunder and lightning that was getting a little bit close. But uh, I was kind of embracing it, you know, absolutely dripping wet with the water, like running down your nose and... My glasses are all steamed up, and but just like, ah, this is good, I'm proper, this is a good adventure. Yeah. Like, it was on the canal as well, and then it got very, very dark, and I, the, the storm just sounded like it was getting a little bit closer, and I heard this huge crack, like, huge, and it, it struck a tree. It must have been, uh, I don't know, within 50 metres of me, and I just went, oh. No it took cover. I got off the bike and took cover. It was a little bit too close for comfort. Jeez. <laughs> At least, though, I guess if you're on a bike, at least you've got... Well, they're not proper rubber, are they? But at least you've got yeah. some sort of insulation between you and the ground. <laughs> yeah. But that is fun. quite a big hunk of metal, in it? So. Yeah. But oh, get, wow. getting the map out in the rain and you've got this paper map and it's disintegrating oh, no. as you're looking is, is not fun as well. Oh, man. That was a down day, yeah. But still, I'd do it again. <laughs> you would? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do something like that again. It was good. And did you have any, like, music going through your head or did you have any headphones with you or did no you...? No music as well. I wanted a break. I think because I'd, I've also relied on music every single day of my life. I've always got to have music on, music on. I thought maybe I could just have a bit of time where I don't listen to music. Uh, it's probably why Tom Jones sounded so absolutely brilliant as well because that would be the first music I'd heard in five yeah, yeah, days. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... I mean, Tom Jones is pretty special. Yeah, he's amazing. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no music, but I think day five, I started this thing started to happen where my brain started to. I've read about this as well. So this happens to people that do like long endurance things where your brain will pick a record that is going to the rhythm of your body to try and keep you going. Right. And my brain had picked Abba's Super Trooper and it just, <laughs> it was just picking on me. No. It was going on and on and on and on. And the thing is, I don't know any words other than Super Trooper. <laughs> Um, on 
and on and on. No. And on. It was infuriating because I hate ABBA. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. It just wouldn't leave me alone. No way. Yeah. Like a day and a half, I think. Jeez. And I think I really had to concentrate to get rid of it because I was just, it was making me fed up. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's funny. Horrible. But I've read about it as well. There's a really, have you seen Touch in the Void? It's a documentary uh, about two climbers in Peru. I'm not sure I've heard of it for sure. But yeah, they have a, a it's a brilliant documentary, well worth watching. But they he has an experience where he's got to do something incredibly difficult. Yeah. And he has brown girl in the ring stuck in his head. Oh, and right. They, 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 the way they document how it's all happening is, oh, yeah, it's oh, no, really right. good. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So let's, like, so I asked you to pick five different tracks. Yes. Um, and actually one of them probably should have been something to do with the cycle, although yeah. saying that, now you just said Super Trooper, pretty glad I didn't, yeah. actually. Um, so it's five different tracks to, that give you different feelings. And, and, like, say, the first one, a track that gives you goosebumps. Yeah. What 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 did you pick for that? Well, it was really difficult this one because I think a track that gives you goosebumps, it kind of it only happens once if it's a really good record, I think. I think I don't think it does it the second time for me. Yeah. But now I think for it to happen again, it, it triggers another thing which would be like nostalgia. Right. With yeah. the song and you get you instantly get transported back to that place and when you got goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And that feeling, yeah. Um so this one just transports transports me back to Ibiza and the sunset and being down there and experiencing all that and oh wicked that because it's a strange experience that your first sunset I think because you you go over there with all this hedonism and clubbing and ah, and then when you experience your first sunset it's absolutely the other end of that it's complete chill out and and seeing all like these people of all different languages all experience. You go to experience nature and and, yeah. and music and that coming together and I think the round of applause at the end when the when the sun sinks into the sea, so to speak, is like it's a pretty special thing. So yeah, I picked uh, air and all I need. And another thing about this is because it, it's so well produced, and it, I, I often think about like you know the second break and that they'll go. There was at some point they've gone, oh, we just need something in the second break, and someone's gone. Did you do? And they've gone, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's spot on. <laughs> I love it. Wicked. All I need is a little time To get behind the sun and cast my weight All I need is peace of this mind I can celebrate Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I need 
its place to find And there I'll celebrate All in all, there's something to give Cafe Del Mar, didn't you? Yes. And you played Sunsets at various places in Ibiza. Yeah. Have you ever played that track? No. Really? No. No way. Yeah, if, if I have a track that um, that gives me like that special feeling, I try not to play it a lot because I'm scared that it wears it out. Because no there's a lot of good records that I love that have been worn out because I've played them a lot or I've heard them too much. Right, yeah. So, yeah, this I, when I was looking for the track, it still gives me goosebumps. I, I, there was a load that I went through and I think, when I played this one, I was like, I actually don't listen to this that much, and it's it's working. Right. Because it's, it's difficult, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, yeah. No way. Yeah. Fair enough. Have you played it? Um, no, I don't think so. No. 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 Yeah, it's good. Special. Wicked. So back to back to the cycle, and um, so you got to Spain. Yeah. And um, how did the Spanish part of it go? Because uh, at least you've got about six words in Spanish, haven't you? So like, oh, you've got a bit of an yeah, advantage over your French leg. <laughs> Smashing the Spanish, yeah. Uh, one thing that I noticed immediately as I went over the border, which is a bit strange, is um, in France, when you're cycling, a car will not go past you unless it's like completely safe. And they'll, they, they will move over at least to the other side of the road it's really like respectful. They completely respect you, but apparently that it's. I learned this afterwards that it's like cycling's their sport. Right. Yeah. They, so they love it, and you know they see as a bike on the road is more important than the car on the road kind of thing. So it was completely respected. Oh, yeah. Good. I think there was at one point I was I was cycling up this this big hill. It had been like three miles of uphill, with the bags on the back, and I was absolutely pouring with sweat but I was up out the seat just in, enjoying it That was the fact that I was fit enough to do it and a car came alongside me in France this, this old guy in a convertible and I thought <laughs> what's he going to say but he, he pumped the air with his fist and was going bravo bravo oh no That's way amazing yeah, yeah but the second I got over the border into Spain the cars were extremely close yeah. really close just flying past you no respect uh, not all of them obviously not all yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was instantly noticeable 
that yeah they they, they don't think about cyclists the same right as, it's just uh, to get past them yeah like here yeah <laughs> yeah like like britain yeah yeah um but it was it was a lot flatter <laughs> it was oh uh, yeah yeah a lot flatter and i think uh, my first day uh i had a really good day i was enjoying the flat and um i, I think i did 110 mile in a day which is wow yeah which was some achievement i was absolutely buzzing yeah and I'd learned as well with, with my diet as well what what kind of works for the day to get you through the day, and I'd learned that something really sugary in the start of the day it gives you a buzz, but then you crash and you'll you'll never get it back. Right. Yeah. So you struggle. So I was just it was basically water, and I found that apples were, were amazing. Really? Yeah, apples. I I could get thirty miles on an apple before I was hungry, and I was like, wow. They're, they're, so that's going to be my breakfast now. You know, just an apple. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a sugary drink or anything, just always water. But at the end of the 111 mile, I sat on this curb outside the shop and, and I bought a cold can of Coke and sat and had it and it's the nicest drink I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, I was buzzing. But at the end of that day, um, obviously I'd just been putting the tent up wherever. I, I, I was still kind of had a bit of energy and I thought, you know what, I've maybe got a bit more in me... It was starting to get dark. I thought, um, I need to get the tent up. And I was cycling through this. It was like um, a huge concrete estate of like, um, like warehouses. And it just seemed to go on forever. And there was no grass at all, just no grass anywhere. Oh, and it was, it was pretty close to dark. And I was thinking, oh man, there's gotta be some grass somewhere. And um I went round this roundabout, this huge roundabout, and in the middle of the roundabout there was grass, and I thought, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so you pitched up on the roundabout? Pitched up in the middle of the roundabout, yeah, which probably wasn't the safest, smartest thing to do, thinking about it. No, but, um, and nobody, no like, you had no me, issues, no. no nothing? No, no one bothered me. There was a lot of, like, there was, there was trees and bushes on it, so I was kind of hidden behind the... Uh, uh, oh, OK, yeah, right. It wasn't like, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hidden, but, uh, yeah, it was good. But I was, I was always up at like half five, six o'clock. You get up with the sun and... And how many hours a day were you cycling for then? So I'd get up at six and I'd just go until it got dark. Obviously wow. taking breaks. Yeah. You know, breaks whenever I needed. It wasn't extremely stressful or heroic. It was just that's the job that was... Yeah. There was nothing else I needed to do. Just get on my bike and have a little ride. And that's it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Point the bike in that way. And there you go. And you'll, you will get there. And <laughs> where did you end up? Did you go to Barcelona or did you go Barcelona, Valencia? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Barcelona, yeah. And was that a pretty amazing feeling when you got there? It was amazing, yeah. It was brilliant. There was a lot of actually, when I, the, the ride from, um, the ride that was about 50k down into Barcelona was a lovely road, dead smooth. And there was loads of like cycling teams out. Oh, in, yeah, in yeah. Micra and and stuff like that. And there was a... Um, there was one guy, there was one guy who was out and um, he, he seemed a bit confused because he was all lycraed up on this carbon bike with all, all the gear on and it's, it is this lad with like his top off, like a tent, a beard and like <laughs> his bags on, it stinks and he, 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 he couldn't keep up with me. No way, <laughs> brilliant. But just because I was, I was feeling particularly strong that day and um, yeah. he ended up like cycling with me for a good bit and uh, as, I was as I was leaving, he goes, I'm going this way now. And uh, he, he kind of grabbed my arm and went, you are Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but it's nice, yeah. Then trundled down into Barcelona, like, well ahead of time. I'd done yeah. really well. 
Had you had you booked a ferry in advance? Uh, no. No, just yeah. turn, uh, <laughs> turn off and booked it. That's what you do. <laughs> well, I guess if you don't know how long it's going to take you exactly, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense, doesn't it? It's great, yeah. And that was it. Done. Job done. Amazing. And how did, like, when you got to Ibiza and, like, you'd done it, how did you feel and how did, like, did you get any sort of reception there? Because people knew you were doing it. Yeah. Well, some people at least, didn't they? Because uh, people had sponsored you and everything, hadn't they? Yeah. My mate Ollie had organised a little party at his villa, yeah, afterwards. And he was actually on the ferry, funnily enough, he was on the ferry in Barcelona. Oh, no way. Yeah, so we met him there, had a beer on the ferry, and then, yeah, that was it. And when I got off the, the ferry in Ibiza, he was like, do you want to lift? Surely you want to lift? I was like, nope, I'm, cyc- I'm cycling across. So that, that ride from... It'd be for town, I think it was, to, to San An. I bet that felt amazing, didn't yeah, it? it was good, it was good, yeah. Job done. Uh, did, did, did you just got a massive grin on your face yeah, for the whole time? Yeah, But one thing I've learned is that I've, I've, it's, it's quite nice being on your own, just having a nice time on your own. When I got there, there was all these people there, I was like, oh. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny being in such a... A social situation when you haven't been in one for like yeah ten days or whatever it was yeah good very good summer so leading on to the second track yes a um uh, a track that stopped you in in your tracks yes uh, when you first heard it yeah when I first heard it I only heard this the other month and it's a a John Lennon cover version of a Jealous Guy which is obviously quite a, a sad hard heartfelt song um quite slow and melodic and i heard this version and i was with lisa in the kitchen i don't know i don't know what what was on the radio or something but it, we both kind of stopped and was like oh my days this is incredible Wicked. Uh, yeah it's fantastic the, the vocals and the arrangement are just so different to the original i think it's better than the original yeah. and who who's it by donnie donnie hathaway donnie ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, let's 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 have a listen. Get your chops on this.
That's a hell of a track, isn't it? Yeah, his vocals are unreal. I mean, the arrangement's so different and clever. Yeah? Yeah, brilliant. That's an awesome... I'd never heard that. Yeah. Brilliant. Ah, cheers for introducing it to me. Blew me away, yeah. Brilliant. Very good. Yes. Um, so, like, you've been doing other sort of things, haven't you? Like, uh, like triathlons. Yeah. And had you done... Because you did an Ironman. I've done, uh, yeah, I did. I've done a full Ironman, yeah. And what... But what did you do leading up to that? I did a half Ironman, which is obviously the same, but half distance. Um, and that it, that's about it, really, for triathlons. I've done... I did one in ballet, but my, my bike broke, so I had to quit, but yeah. But I'd, I'd swam as a kid. Uh, I'm not particularly good at sport, so triathlon is perfect because it's not that skillful you just gotta <laughs> ride a bike run and, and splash about in the water <laughs> so yeah i'm sorry to say i have seen you try and kick a football yeah <laughs> it's quite funny the worst footballer ever yeah so yeah it's 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 perfect for me it keeps me fit and um you, you can set yourself little challenges and so it's, I've, I've settled into it really well really enjoyed it yeah Wicked. but yeah swam as a kid c- competed as a kid so I've, I've always kind of had that I enjoy swimming. I'm quite good at it. Well, I'm okay. I could and cycled. Obviously, I've I've done a bit of cycling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Running as well. Yeah, I've done I've done a bit of running. So I've done like half half marathons and marathons and so I've kind of just put it all together and 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 yeah, done done the Ironman. I've, when I first heard about an Ironman, I just thought, well, oh, that is absolutely mental. No one can do that. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so what made you what made you do it? Um, I I think I was I was DJing at a gig in France, and just got chatting to this chap who just finished a half Ironman, and the way we described it, and um, he, he was I could see that he'd he'd had, he'd had this extreme buzz from from doing it and from achieving this and. Uh, I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to do one of those. Yeah, that'd be great. So then asked asked my brothers the day after. Anyone fancy doing like a, a half Ironman? And one of my brothers, Joel, said, "Yeah, I, I want to do one of them as well." So we signed up the day after, and that was it. Wicked. And yeah. that was for doing the half one. For the half one in France, yeah. And did you actually do some training for that? Did 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 some training? Yeah, I was very nervous because again, it was like, you 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 have cut off times, so you have you can't just blag it. You can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be able to complete the swim in this time and the ride in this time. So for anybody who doesn't actually know that much about Ironmans, how far are the distance... Can you remember how far the distance for a half Ironman? Or, or just tell us for a whole one. And a whole we'll... one is... Uh, 
2.2 mile swim in the in open water and then 111 or 112 mile on the bike and then a marathon which is a 26 mile run at the end <laughs> <laughs> like you say like you gotta you gotta think why would you want to do that i know i know it's it's strange but i, I think i think humans they they do they they like these achievements to see what the body's capable of yeah i don't think there's like a dog would go like i'm gonna see how far i can run and just go <laughs> a, a dog will go and when it gets tired it, it'll stop there's only humans that have this strange thing that want to push past that and yeah and see what they're made of yeah so all right leading into another track yes um before before you take us through the iron man yeah um uh, a classic track that you you couldn't live without yeah this was really hard to pick so this would be different every day but uh this one i i've heard it a billion times and it's years old but i still love it and especially love hearing it out at uh boots maneuver witness the fitness ah nice <laughs> yes Taskmaster burst the bionic zit splitter Break next beads, we drown ten pints of bitter We lean all day and some say they ain't productive Could that depend upon the demon that you're stuck with? Cause right now, I see clearer than most I sit here contented with this cheese on toast I feel the pain of a third world famine Said wait, we count them blessings and keep jamming Chism, scumbag, scum of the earth His worth was nil until he gained the skill of tongues From 15 years young, straight to my greyback self I stay top shelf material Jerk chicken, jerk fish Break away slave bliss Generate G's and then be stashing with the Swiss Fools can't see this Under your pistols a fist full of hip-hop duns I progressing in the flesh Esoteric quotes most frightening Duppy took a hold of my hand while I was writing Leg on me ting, Duppy leg on me an I summon up the power of Banana Clan Witness the fitness The Crawford Televeth One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crawford Televeth One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crawford Televeth One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crawford Televeth One hope, one quest Swigging that heat root juice Now we dip and in boots Set them spirit them loose Go ahead, go slash up the noose With conclusive proof about the truth, the right Cause whether we hitchhike or push bike Or travel kind of trash Manifest that with oats and roots Rap, manifest that, yeah I do my zing way Ain't nothing else I know Gone up in the life with this ragged bone Flow, squeeze the pain from my belly And set my soul free Travel over ocean, land and sea Face enough stress and difficulty Flung back from the brink Whining kind of stink We don't give a frig about what them fools think Frig your network, our network will speak for itself Proof of the trophy and the champion belt Come sun, come rain, come hailstone pelt Witness the fitness The Crawford and Levesque One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crawford and Levesque One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crawford and Levesque One hope, one quest yeah. Wanna submit with some old time shit Let the old world know we on some off-key tip Megamanic, when time the pressure start lick By the hook or by the crook, by the poop or by the kick He's sickly cryptic, spitting the code And most proud to present that Crawford mode And it shows that that bro's done Seen a few slights, life rose scenario Reality bites, we in collision with the beast Lost to religion, now we can't get no peace Idiot beak, I run for tech, I for chief Stoop to the level and we're plotting cold grief but we should know that discipline make up the geese. Separate 
Generation of the dat from the rat, that's a must Proceed set speed with the Crufferton dot Proceed set speed Crufferton, y'all Witness the fitness The Crufferton living One hope, one quest Witness the fitness The Crufferton living One hope, one quest Witness the fitness Damn, that is a... That... That, it's a that, monster. That's, that's a beast, isn't it? To get that out on a good system is like... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you picked that one, man. That's awesome. Wicked. So the first half Iron Man, you did all right? Yeah, we did it all right. My brother is as, as, as organised as me, so the drive to France and the drive back to France was... Uh, a laugh, you know, running out of petrol and being like, oh, where man. are we going? You're all one of them, yeah. Uh, and the beginning of the race, I think we got there like half an hour late and they wouldn't let us in and we had to run in our wetsuits for like a kilometre around this farmland to get to the start oh, line. <laughs> yeah, just one of them. But um, very enjoyable day, very good. Very good indeed. And me, me dad and his partner were there at the finish line they came on holiday oh, and wicked. watched us and had some friends from uh from from where i live they were they were living out there as well so they came as well so it was good to have friends at the finish line but yeah good really good to you're on the buzz you know you, you wow i did that i can do that and it inspired you to do a full iron man yeah so if you do a half iron man you're not gonna go like well that's me don you're gonna go well i need to do a full donut <laughs> and uh and you decided to pick one that wasn't necessarily the easiest. Well, we didn't know that because <laughs> it was me and my brother Joel again, and he, we kind of, uh, we kind of thought, well, the journey was so bad to France. Why don't we just pick one that's local? So we were like Wales. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, picked Wales, and there. <laughs> there was a lot of hills, weren't there? Yeah, we ended up looking, and it's like notorious. People fly from all over the world because it's one of the hardest Ironmans we can do. <laughs> It is just uphill all day. It is horrendous, relentless. They call it like facing the dragon because if you look at on a gradient map, it's just like a like a dragon's back, like right, up, yeah. and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, horrendous. But such a good day. And you came and experienced it. We yeah, me and my grand came and uh, and few uh, like Barry was there and your brother and yeah, it was really and... lucky to have like friends and family there because it's such a buzz such a pick up as well on the run because the run is like six mile loops four six mile loops to to see you every six mile and get like a cheer and a high five is such a pick up it know. does make a difference yeah. yeah but it's how good is Tembi on the day yeah it's wicked the, the atmosphere in the whole place is, is electric isn't it's it? like a festival or something they, they really embrace it don't they yeah and and you like from a spectator point of view, you, you, you're really willing people on. Yeah. So, like, you can just see the pain that they're feeling. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And and some people, when they don't make the cut-off time and they're like, no, you can't go onto the bike or you can't go onto the oh, run or something, oh, you just feel so bad for it's them. Heartbreaking, it's heartbreaking, yeah. It's like you've done all that. You've done that 2.2-mile swim and then you've done, you've had a horrendous time on the bike and then it's like, yeah, you, you, you haven't done it, mate. You need to stop. <laughs> Man. But yeah, I was reading about Tembi as well that they were, they were um, kind of worried that they were going to fall into like a stag and hen kind of seaside town. Right. They, they, they were saying it was all getting a bit naff and a bit rough in the summer, and um, so they bid for for this, and it's now it's absolutely saved the village because there's hundreds oh, no of biking clubs that are set up there because it's oh, so wicked. good and so yeah. challenging to ride around there, and absolutely stunning. But yeah, it's. Uh, 
it's saved the, the, the town and to, it's, it's now booming because of it. Wicked. Yeah. But the, uh, the swim in the morning, did you experience the swim? No, no, my granddad got out, to bed, out of bed early enough, so oh, it was super man. early, wasn't it? We, it, yeah, it was we like, saw you just as you were getting on the bikes. Yeah, it was like five in the morning, I think we got down there. And you're thinking, like, you know, the sun's not even up. Who's going to be down in the town now? And there's literally thousands and thousands no of people way. there. Just, yeah. And uh, so the, sun, the sun's rising over the sea. And the town, where you get in, it's almost like a huge amphitheatre. So when you get down on the beach and you, you look behind you, you can just see thousands of people lined up on the, on the rocks. And it's, it's just incredible. It looks absolutely stunning. And then before the race starts, they sing the Welsh national anthem. Seriously? Yeah. No way. And everyone talks about this moment where they sing it. And yeah, the goosebump moment, like, wow. Wicked. You know, the, the nerves. And, yeah. And you stood there with thousands of all the nervous people. But the, hearing that get roared out, they do that and the sun's rising. You hear them roar that and then they always play like... Um, ACDC oh, no just way. pumps through and then off you go bang wicked yeah brilliant and um, did you because this was after this was a few years after the cycle wasn't it so, yeah to Ibiza yeah. so did you did you learn much do you think from your endurance of the cycle that you managed to put into the Ironman or, or was it so completely different that yeah I, th- um, I think you just you have the confidence to know that you can you can do it yeah. And you know, you know, you know your own brain. There's not going to be a point in the day where you go, oh, "I've had enough. I'm just going to get off." And because that's 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 the thing that I find when I'm going for a run or something that is is the the worst thing is just your brain saying, "That's it. I've had enough. I can't do anymore." Yeah. But because uh, you physically you can, can't you? If you were, I, I think this is like completely true though. If you were to say, "I'm going to run five miles today," yeah, and, and you went out and you did a five mile run at exactly five mile you will stop right yeah because it's, it's all about mindset so if that's that's how i find anyway that it, it, it works and speaking to other people it's like it's it's all mindset it's like right so if you tell yourself i'm you gonna yourself, do i'm doing this yeah. an iron man yeah you're gonna so with the swim and the, the the ride and the run it's all mindset so you've got you've got three jobs to do that day and it just do them one at a time. So this, with the swim, it was two two laps. So when you when I jumped in, I'm like, right, we'll just do a lap. And you're, like, you're doing the lap, and then you get out, and you're like, right, we've got one more to do. So you break it all down into little segments. Right, yeah. You find you can get through it a lot a lot easier. That worked for me anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, so leading on to your fourth track. Oh, yes. A new track that you can't get enough of. Ah, uh, yeah. This is... Um, it just sounds really fresh and really different. And um, say if I've been in work and we've been working in someone's kitchen and the painter's there or something and they've had charge of the radio because they were there first and they've got like, you know, some station on that's just playing awful music and it's slightly out of tune and it's there on full blast all day, eight hours, uh, you just want to go home and hear a good track. And this is what I've picked. Just hide away. Are you doing it for the people? Are you trying to just hide away? Are you doing it for the people? Are you trying to just hide away? Are you doing it for the people? Are you trying to just hide away? 
wicked. Yeah, that was nice a, that, yeah, cool. yeah, it is cool. That's uh, super different. Yeah, very different. different. Uh, what, 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 what was it? Who was it by? What was it called? Fotak, the people. So P H. Ah, cool. H O T A. Nice. Yeah, he's got some wicked stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out, guys. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, Iron Man, how how did like, you, was it was it as hard as you'd think that it would be? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and had you got any song? Uh, you do, uh, did Super Trooper come up in your head again? No, or? I think I think it's it, it's that busy the whole way around. It's, there's that many people cheering. You just uh, I. I my brother trained really hard for, for this, so with us all being brothers, we're all quite competitive, but I, I just surrendered to the fact that he was easily going to do a better time than me, which was actually really, it played into my favour because I wasn't racing, I was just going to get round right, yeah. and try and soak up and enjoy the day, cause, which uh, which I did. I was like, you know, high five and all the crowd thinking I was just like, yeah, just really enjoying the day rather than trying to make my heart explode <laughs> but at some points it was uh, there, there's no option because the hills are so steep and so relentless that, that, that you, you are in the red yeah no matter how easy you take it yeah. the, with the gradient of the hill you've got there's no other way than to put yourself into the red to, to get up there so yeah there was one point I'd read about I read all these blogs about it after I learned how hard it was <laughs> I was like, oh no, I've made a mistake. But um, there's one bit where there's a hill, a really steep hill that goes up and um, then there's another hill and then there's a really steep hill and then there's another hill and that fourth hill they call Heartbreak Hill. And um, I thought I'd... I thought I'd was this on the more. running? This was on the, on the bike. Right. This was on the bike, yeah. Um, I thought I'd done... I thought, that's it, that's the, the last hill done. And then went round the corner. I was absolutely exhausted. Went round the corner and I was like, oh no, I haven't done oh, it, I haven't done man. it. But the crowds are so thick and it's almost like, you know when you see the clips of the Tour de France where people are coming up to it, the, they're all on the road and yeah, yeah, yeah. shaking their fists at the cyclists. They, they, they just embrace it. You know, we're, we're not athletes, we're just like people trying to have an experience and they're like cheering you on, like, go on! And uh, if they weren't there, I think that's the point I would have got off and gone, I'm, I'm done here. But it's such a buzz riding through that crowd. Wicked, that, so it's just psychological. Yeah, exactly. Wicked. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Very good indeed. And how did you feel when you did it? Like, when you'd done? Oh, man. Absolutely amazing. Although, I think I was that exhausted, I couldn't really soak up. You saw me at the end and I couldn't even talk. I was just like... <laughs> so it's pretty understandable, yeah. isn't it? And how long did it take you to recover from that? Um, I actually got quite ill for like three days after, like like flu-like. But I think it's pretty, you, pretty unsurprising that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think you drain every kind of bit of energy in your body, don't you? So I had a day off work and just lay down. But uh, it took a few days, three, four days, and I didn't get on the bike for a while afterwards because yeah, my brain was like, no, no, no. You're not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but brilliant, absolutely brilliant experience. Really good. Are you doing it again? Maybe. Yeah. I've got a half in um, in September, if all goes well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in Italy, yeah? That's in Italy, yeah. Which uh, my sister and her husband and the two brothers are doing, so there's a good crew. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. I know, right. Really good, yeah. 
quite cool for my sister to do. Yeah. Uh, super mum. Yeah, so that'd be good. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. And um, you, one, one last thing. You did the London Marathon, didn't you? <laughs> and um, as we've mentioned a few times, you're not that organised <laughs> in preparation for these sort of things. What so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so what happened there? Uh, my elder brother Simon was doing it he'd got a place and um, I was doing a bit of running at, at, at the time just kind of because this was before this the was cycle like and... 2004 yeah um, and I just kind of the way I saw it was at the, at the time this was before like uh, everything came out well, but Jimmy Savile used to do it every year didn't he oh uh, yeah yeah and I, I, I used to, I'd look at him and think like, well, he's just like this old man, and he, he's doing it. If he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. I thought I, I, I'd waste him. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, that was my view on it. And my brother said he was doing it, and I'd been doing a bit. I think I'd run like seven miles or something. I thought it was a legend. So, uh, I, I just said, oh, I, I might do it. How do you apply? And he was like, oh, you, you can't apply. You have to apply months before and all spaces are gone. He goes, well, I'll, I'll photocopy my number if you fancy. You can just put it on and run around. And I was like, is that, do you reckon you can do that? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that then. So went down to London. Uh, I didn't have any running shoes or anything. <laughs> I was going to run in a pair of case with some mates are like, you can't run, you can't do a marathon in them. I was like, oh really, do you need shoes to get? <laughs> I thought just athletes had them, so I bought some running shoes on the way down. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it turns out I couldn't find my brother before we started, so I didn't have a number on. I didn't have a number on, didn't have a band on. I just kind of got to Hyde Park, is it, where the start line is, and uh, just kind of, you know, just got in, did it. <laughs> I ran and ran and ran and ran and I'd, you, you hear about the people hitting the wall at 16 mile and all this. Yeah. I remember watching as a kid and the, the, the commentators on the tally talking about the wall and I was like, oh, it sounds like a nightmare where your body just gives up and you have to fight through it. And um, I got to 16 mile and I was like, I actually feel all right. Nice. Where's, where's the wall? I'm, yeah. I'm sound here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got to, they, they have markers for every every mile. And um, I think I thought I'd done 21 miles and I was I was tired by now. I was really tired. I think you go over the cobbles where you, my back felt horrendous. I felt like my spine was going to fall out my back. It was just completely done. But I thought, do you know what? I've only got four mile left, five mile left. Um, I can do five miles. I can do yeah. it. So um, this marker came off that I thought was going to be 21 miles and it, it wasn't. It was 20 miles. So... My mind had just been set. Ah. I've got to do another mile now, and I'm already like only I could only just do this. And uh, yeah, I stopped. I stopped, and I was gutted. I went no as I stopped, and I thought right, I just need to get my mind back, back in gear. So I spent ten minutes just stretching my legs off, trying to make them work again. And I went, come on, let's do it. <laughs> and cracked on again. But uh, the crowds are great at, at, at the London Marathon, but they do get very thin at like. The last for the last five miles, they get very very thin until the last mile, where they get uh, yeah. extremely thick again. So uh, it was a real struggle those last five miles, and then 
you see the crowd picking up again. You, I started to recognise bits that you see on the telly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get near Buckingham Palace here. Wicked. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the marathon. This is amazing. And there was a chap in front of me and everyone's got their sponsors on who they're running for. And and I was watching the chap in front of me and he had this T-shirt on and it had a picture of a little girl's face on it. It was like, I'm, I'm running in memory of my daughter for so-and-so. I'm just like... Oh, wow. And then you look around and everyone's got their own little thing they're running for that they, they want to that they want to raise money for. Cause yeah. And uh, this, this, I was thinking, this is amazing. This is a real amazing thing that everyone's doing. It's like a... It's, it, everyone's trying to achieve something, but they're all trying to like do it for love or as well for to give something yeah. back. And yeah, the chap in front of me, I was watching him. I, I was having that feeling at that point. <laughs> he saw his wife in the crowd and, it, and his other daughter, and it, they, he ran over to them and uh, he gave him a big hug. And his daughter went, I love you so much, Dad. We're so proud. And I went, oh, my God. And it made me sprint. I was like, this is amazing. Got all worked up. And um, I was sprinting. Did the turn down to um, to Buckingham Palace. And I, I could see the finish line. And this marshal came alongside me and went, where's your number, mate? He's running alongside me. And I was like, I haven't, I fell off. <laughs> he was like, where's your band? And I was like, I... Oh, oh, please, mate! You can't stop me now. Finish <laughs> lines there. You can't stop me. And he went, "You got, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to leave." And I went, "No chance." And kind of like, cause my mind was like seeing that finish line. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to swerve around him, <laughs> and he blew this whistle, and uh, the, the, the TV cameras and everything kind of spun around, and I went, "Ah, oh, this is game over." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So I had to climb over the barrier and people had obviously watched what happened. They were like, run down the side there, go on there, go on. <laughs> so ran down the side. So I didn't actually cross the finish line, but I did complete the marathon oh, at the man. side of the finish line. <laughs> but yeah, got it. Like literally 200 metres from the, from the end. But my own fault. So, you know, sometimes not organising, it doesn't play. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, no way, man. So people that inspire you, Oh yeah, uh, it's a bit of a funny one really. But the, to do the the cycling adventure, there was a, a friend of my sister and my brother-in-law, her husband, that they met um, while they were travelling in Australia, and he was the chap that bought this old bike and flew to Bangkok, bought a bike in Bangkok, and cycled home on it. And he did these video blogs, and my sister was like, "Oh, watch this guy. He's really funny." Um, Sorry, just let me stop you. When you say cycle home, he's from Gloucester. He's from that's Gloucester, just, yeah. That's right, Sorry, isn't it? Yeah, so he yeah. cycled from Bangkok to he, Gloucester. On an old bike. I don't even think he told his parents he was doing it or anything. Oh, he was just kind of, yeah, really funny. But his blogs were just brilliant. They were really like, I'm like, oh, he's having such an adventure there. That looks brilliant. And uh, yeah, he all just kind of, he, he's done lots of things since. Like, he did that and... Then he ran across Canada, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, that's about that's the point you put me on to him, and I, I started yeah. following him. And he's he's super inspiration, man. Yeah, he? he's a crazy fella. Unreal. Yeah, he's just a mad lad, like yeah. runs solo across. He did across Canada, didn't yeah. He? And then he did across America, did he as well? Yeah. yeah. Although I think actually what he did was he started at the top west, ran to the bottom ran along the bottom and then went up all the way up the east. <laughs> so he kind of ran three quarters of the way around. Wow. Yeah, he's a mad lad. But it, 
Yeah, his video blogs are, he's a real character, isn't he? Jamie McDonald, Jamie that's it. Jamie McDonald, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's well, well worth looking up. Yeah. He, he does, like, inspirational speaking and yeah. things like that now. He's, yeah. Yeah, super sound. So, yeah, just watching those was what kind of triggered the idea to do the ride to Ibiza. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty inspirational, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and your last track, a, uh, a Guilty Pleasure track. Yeah, this is tricky as well. But... Uh, there's a track, and it's not, I think, I don't even think it's that guilty. The only thing that makes it feel a bit guilty is that it's on the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which it kind of triggers it. Like, when you hear the track, you might kind of put it in the position of Dirty Dancing, and that's what makes it guilty. But it's actually brilliant, and it's uh, Solomon Burke, Cry to Me. It's brilliant. Sweet. When your baby leaves you all alone. And nobody calls you on the phone Don't you feel like a crime? Don't you feel like a crime? For here I am, honey Come on, you cry to me The smell of her perfume Don't you feel like a crying? Don't you feel like crying? Don't you feel like a crying? Come on, come on, cry to me to come in the night but there's no one don't you feel like I'm crying Tracking it, yeah, it's wicked, good, yeah. <laughs> oh man, cheers for doing this. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, good fun. It was good there. Uh, I haven't really spoke about the ride really since I've done it. Did you um? Did you manage to raise raise a good amount of money? Yeah, I raised uh, over five thousand pounds. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Isn't it? Which was uh, I went to Clatterbridge and told them what I was doing, and um, I think I I kind of said uh, who's. What's, what, how much has a single person raised? And uh, they said there was a chap that went round on a motorbike in Europe and he raised like four and a half thousand. And he's like, he's raised the most, the, like one person on his right, own, yeah. doing his own thing with no funding or anything. So it's now me. Well, it was last time. It's, it's now me. So I was buzzing about Wicked. it. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, lads. <laughs> uh, brilliant. 
if you want to laugh, get Sean drunk and I get him to tell you about the weekend that he looked after my gran in Ibiza. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the more drunk he is, the funnier it gets. And the, the better it's got over the years. Yeah. This, was, this was like 2003. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, buy Sean a drink and ask him about... <laughs> About looking after me, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, dude. Nice one. Nice. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with Sean as much as I enjoyed doing it. It was really good fun um, getting together with him and, uh, and, and listening to all the stories, some of which I'd really never heard before. The next episode will be up in about a month's time. It's with a good friend of mine called Lorna Cole, who used to work for a radio station in Ibiza. She used to be the presenter on some of the shows there. She's also worked in television in London. And in the last few years, she's completely retrained to become a psychotherapist. So I get together with her, talk about her history and how she changed careers. And of course, like Sean, I asked her to pick five tracks that mean something to her. So we'll be talking about them as well. And hopefully between now and then, I'll have got the Spaghetti Legs podcast off the ground as well, because I've been buying lots of really cool new music and I think it would make a really good show. So until next time, take it easy. <laughs>